Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to Gaze on Film. This podcast is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I'm Ned. And I'm Declan. And in this episode, we'll be discussing Wonka. Hmm. Remember, there will be spoilers once we get to the headline feature, so as always, do proceed with caution. But before we get to that, I'd love to know what you've been watching. Me? You. Um. So... It's been a while since we recorded. I feel like we always either say it's been a while or we've been dead good recently. So there's either loads that we've been watching or hardly anything. Yeah. But I have binge watched two seasons of Slow Horses on Apple TV+. What's it about? So it's like a CIA, no, not CIA, MI5 drama, but MI6, one of them. One of them. British spies. Yeah. But Slough House is a function of MI6. I'm going to go with MI6. That's not on site of the main office, and they're like seen as like second class spies. Right. So they're all a bit jaded, and there's, all the, there's a reason why all of them are, are there. And it's led by Gary Oldman's character, who is fantastic in this. He's so, like, over his job, but he's actually really good at it. Like, very sarcastic and witty. Um, And I've been meaning to watch it for ages, and I finished something. I can't remember what I finished. Um, And I started that, and it's only six episodes a season, and I find it so gripping. So I'm going to be catching up. The third season's going out now weekly, so I will be starting to watch that soon as well. Excellent. But again, if if people have got Apple TV+, Plus, which I recommend you should, it's a great show. Cool. Yeah. Harry Potter Rewatch is still ongoing. Yeah. Harry Potter 5, which I was looking forward to. Order I like, of the Phoenix. Because I like it when they can start doing the spells without saying words. So like, I never noticed that until you said it. Um. And it is a good... I like the fifth one. Um, yeah. It's quite dark. It's quite sad. Obviously, I'm not spoiling anything because I'm sure everybody has seen it or at least 95% of the population. Um, but it's sad when Sirius dies. Yeah. Gary Oldman, again, it's a good segue, that. Oh, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm not sure if I'll get... I might watch the last three over Christmas at some point but who knows because there's a lot coming out and a lot of things and people to see yeah um, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 I did just want to re-watch this because I wanted to know if I liked it as much as I did on the big screen and I did enjoy it but for me it's still a four star film 
and I don't think it will make... I've actually done my top ten. Oh, I haven't done mine yet. Um, I don't think... Well, it hasn't made the top ten. And I'm happy with that for me. Okay. I There's there's one film left in the year that I think could make either of our top tens from what I'm hearing. So it's a... It's a what am I saying? It's I uh, it's not final, it's not set, and then obviously we have to merge them and see where it where it goes, don't we? Because that's what we do. Yeah. Um, but it's the boy and the heron because I'm hearing very very oh, good things. Oh yeah, I really want to see. And it, it comes out on Boxing Day, so that might make it. But are we gonna go to the cinema? Um, Cineworld aren't showing it, are and oh. so I feel like we might watch it when we get back to Leeds in yeah. the week between. Okay. Um, but yes. Very much enjoy it. The action's great. Um, and I can't wait for part two, even though it will be called something else apparently now. Do they know what it's going to be called? No. Oh, okay. Um, now, segueing on to what we both watched before I pass over to what you've watched, King. Um, Godzilla Minus One, which is having doing so much money for a Japanese... There was two Japanese films in the US box office that I think were like two and three, which was this and The Boy and the Heron, and they're doing really well. Oh, excellent. Um, proper good counter-programming, because after Thanksgiving in the US, it tends to go a bit quiet until you get a bit closer to Christmas. Um, right. But... I loved it. I thought it was really good. Proper God. No. Proper good. Not Godzilla. Proper, Proper good. Proper good kaiju film that actually makes the human story more important than what's going on with Godzilla. Yeah. And there was some really cool visuals. So oh, this... I thought it was excellent storytelling, actually. Yeah. This Godzilla one. uses that thingy breath or whatever. What's it called? I don't know. But you know what I mean? Where a big laser shoots out his yeah. mouth. Yeah, but the way, the visuals before he does it as he's building up to it. Oh, it's cool. Like he's it charging cool. up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I really, really enjoyed it. And if it's still in cinemas when you're listening to this, I would seek it out for something a bit different to what you would Yeah, it was great see. to see at the cinema, actually, because I've never seen a Godzilla film at the cinema before. No. Oh, I, no, I have. I didn't see only a Godzilla vs. King Kong or any of that. No. Um... So yeah, very much. We well, saw it in that. a Screen X Unlimited Cine World showing. Um, I think I would have preferred to see it on an IMAX screen. I find Screen X a bit gimmicky. Sorry, Cine World, if you do ever want to sponsor our podcast, you can. It's just we're not that into the Screen X. Yeah. Um, but it was yeah, it was great. Yeah, I find the the side screens when it does that on Screen X a little bit distracting. So do I, because it's not really. And I don't think the they really film, add anything. The film. You can tell hasn't really been made for it. They've yeah. just kind of stretched the frame at the side yeah. and blurred it a bit. Um, so yeah, mm. over to you with all your bloody Gosh. Christmas films. Well, I've been it. getting well and truly into the Christmas spirit. So um, I've watched Nativity, best Christmas film possibly ever. <laughs> um, if you've not seen it, would recommend. It's got Martin Freeman as the main character who plays a bit of a grumpy primary school teacher and he has to do the primary school nativity. Just, it's so adorable and so fun and so funny. <laughs> Were but, you ever yeah. the main character in your nativities? No, I'll tell you what I was in my nativities. I was a snowflake. <laughs> uh, 
which I think probably foretold my future. <laughs> and I was a star, which again, foretold my future. I was always the lead role. Of course you were. But what we did in primary school is because it was a Catholic primary school, it was always very much the nativity. Because mm. some people do just musicals or pantos. Right. But we always did it. And each year the script was different. I don't know where they bought them from. But it was like each year it was like the nativity was told from the perspective of a different character. And then one year, so when I say I was the camel, I was the lead in the in the musical. Right. I always remember how good my mum's costume was that she made for me. She did you never a... think of pursuing a career on the stage? I did. Right. But my gayness held me back. I always say this to my mum. Mm. I wasn't comfortable with being gay, and I thought pursuing that would make it... Obvious that yeah. you're gay. So, and it's whenever I go see a musical, actually re-watching Harry Potter, that was the closest I ever got to going to stage school because I always remember they used to put out call sheets for extras and I used to be like, oh, imagine being in a Harry Potter film. And I always remember the conversation I had with my mum and I was so close to doing it and I bottled it. Oh. Sad, really. Oh. I know. But, yeah. Wow. What a segue that was. Side note, what was it? Whatever it was, yeah. Tangent. Um, I've also watched The Grinch, the Jim Carrey version. With, I prefer the um, animated one. The Cindy Lou Who, who is now the lead singer of Pretty Reckless. Is she? Yep. Yeah. Great. <laughs> um, and also Christine Baranski, who in that film... I just want to be. Do you like it as a film or is it just nostalgic? Uh, I tell you, I like everything about it apart from Jim Carrey as the Grinch. Really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I was like that meme where it's like, don't wind the dog up. Ten seconds later, it's Jim Carrey like, wah, wah, yeah. the camera. Yeah. Um, um, and I've watched The Holiday. Best score. All of those three films were, am I right? I think you watched The Grinch at home. Oh, Nativity and The Holiday were both um, in one day at uh, my best pal Frankie's house because we, um, I say we, me, her and her family, always have a Christmas watching film day. Mm. Um, Although as we become grown up people, it becomes more and more difficult to (gasps) organise. Yeah, it was quite early this year, wasn't it? It was, it was on the 6th. I was Mm. barely in Christmas mode. (laughs) Um, Other... Christmassy ones of note, Falling for Christmas, Lindsay Lohan's... See, I technically watched it, but I didn't even log it or whatever no. because it was, it's diabolical. It's so, so bad. <laughs> so, so, Like, so it's bad. not even in a funny way. It's just a terrible, terrible film. Yeah. So... Really bad. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, that's the second time I've watched it. I mean, we kind of watched it with a bit of background. I don't think... I think you paid more attention to it than I did. Yeah, probably. You don't really need to, though. You know what's going on. Yeah, she falls. Um, another crap Christmas film I did that with this year was that Candy Cane Lane with Eddie Murphy in. Oh, I fell asleep. I was doing a jigsaw with it on, but it was not good. Oh, it's had middling reviews. I didn't like it. Mm. I thought it was a bit... I don't know whether to re it. I'll call it clunky. 
Um, and for whatever reason, I think maybe it's the cold. I wanted to watch Ice Age again. <laughs> so I put Ice Age on one afternoon. I loved the first Ice Age. Oh, same. And so I good. loved it as much this time as I always did. Mm. Oh my God, so queer-coded. Is it? Yep. You know those rhinos? <laughs> yeah. That are eating the salad? They're called Carl and Frank or something. Um... They're like old gays. Yeah, they're like old gays. And Sid (laughs) goes and wipes his shitty foot in the salad. Mm. And then they're also in the hot tub later on. Mm. He accorded. Old gays. I know. (laughs) Oh, Um, God. There are a couple of other bits that um, flagged up on my gaydar as well while I was watching it. Your gaydar or the gaydar? My gaydar. Right, okay. Although if we were to do an episode on Ice Age, it would Place surprisingly high on the gaydar, I think. Um, it anyway. would be quite fun to do Ice Age, maybe, as a time capsule episode. Maybe we should. Yeah. Um, and in the spirit of the, ep- uh, the, the title of this episode... <laughs> oh, my God. I've watched um, Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I heard that. Do you? Mm-hmm. Why? I don't... And we'll get to this in the headline feature... Roald Dahl's tone of things, no matter how they get adapted, but not really for me. Did you ever read any of the books? Yeah. I and I didn't like them either. They were just a bit, I don't know, they were, I think they were a bit weird, which I guess is the point. The point? But I know. They were just never my... Oh, the I one film I do remember quite liking um, was James and the Giant Peach. Yeah. The stop motion one they did. Yeah, I like that I one. I thought that was quite good. Yeah. I was never like a fan of the witches or... And, uh, I'm I've sorry. never interacted with the witches, actually. But my favourite book was always... Um, it was either Fantastic Mr Fox or The Twits. Yeah, so... Because I think you might have some little dal nuggets when we get to the headline feature. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We'll <laughs> see. Um, and then this afternoon, watched... Aquaman. Yeah. Anticipating the sequel that's coming soon. Not for me. I just thought, when I first watched it on the cinema, I just thought it was silly fun. At least a three-star, maybe even four. I thought it was messy. I liked some of the imagination that went into the world. You liked the octopus playing on the drums? No, didn't like that. No, I did. Um... Well, because Aquaman is silly. Like, Aquaman is silly. Yeah, but I didn't find that film silly. Although, Namor, Namor, he's not silly. No. And it could be. I just... It was just... (laughs) There were a couple of things that I was like, fair play, this film can have some credit, which is why (laughs) I gave it two stars and not one. Oh, my God, one. (laughs) But everything else, I was just like, I'm either bored or I don't care enough or the CGI is putting me off. No, oh, I thought the CG was quite good. No, didn't like it. So we'll see what the next one... I mean, they're not making <laughs> much of a fuss of it because no. obviously it's the end of this era of DC. Uh, and that's another thing. I've never really been attached to DC. Well, you know I'm any... hoping James Gordon might correct that yeah. for some of us. Recently, the Suicide Squad I did quite enjoy. You like the Batman, um, and I also liked Peacemaker, yes. the TV show, which was written 
by James Gunn. So maybe it'll turn around. Did you like the Batman? You did, didn't you? The Robert Pattinson? Yeah. 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 But that was like a... Well, it was DC, but it was a... What they're going to call Elseworld stories. Joker? What? Did you like Joker? Um... Yeah, I think on the whole. <laughs> Stop being silly. <laughs> Tell me what's in the news. So Golden Globe noms are out and quite a safe set of nominations, I would say. But what's quite interesting is people don't tend to take the Golden Globes very seriously. People used to be like, it's the Hollywood Foreign Press Associations. Isn't it just like a best friend race? Yeah. But they're, they're no longer anything to do with it after the scandal and stuff last year. I can't remember. I'm not going to go into full detail. I remember us talking about it, but I can't remember what it was. So people are like, oh, should we take them a bit more seriously? It will air live as well. It has found a channel to 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 air on. I just wanted to talk about a few different um, categories. Not all of them, um, but some of them I do kind of didn't Dua Lipa get a nom I think so for Barbie music yeah so obviously it's film and TV the Golden Globes and then they split drama and musical or comedy um so I'll just fly through drama um Anatomy of a Fall Killers of the Flower Moon Maestro Oppenheimer Past Lives and The Zone of Interest and then musical or comedy Air American Fiction Barbie, The Holdovers, May, December, and Poor Things. I'm not sure if Poor... Th- I mean, it was funny. I don't know how they split it. Was Air a, con- a comedy? I don't... Yeah. The way they split... I think they just... The studios decide... What a strange set of categories. ...what to campaign for, because yeah. then they go, like, further, like, whatever. Okay. Animated, The Boy and the Heron, Elemental, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the Super Mario's Brothers movie... Suzumi and Wish. Interesting that the Super Mario's is in there because I thought it was an awful film. Um, well, I mean... There are other animated films that they could have chosen. There are, but it is, what, the most successful animated film ever or something? Yes. On the box That's office. a good segue, King, because... And I want thank you. They they have got a new category in the movies this year, which right. to me is total bullshit because it's like we don't tend to award genre films, so here we're going to invent a category. It is cinematic and box office achievement. Right. Okay. And in that category, we have <laughs> Barbie. Yeah. Guardians three. Okay. John Wick four. Right. In Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning. Oppenheimer, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the Super Mario Brothers movie, and, in a bit of a shock, Taylor Swift, the Eras tour. <laughs> I know. Um, so, I, I, I like to, to see some of these films represented at award shows, but it's a shame that it has to be cinematic and box office achievement. Like, I don't really get, get it. I suppose it um, recognises the role of the actual cinema in the world of film and TV. Yeah. Because I think a lot of... Well, you know, the 
there is discussion that streaming services are pulling audiences away yeah. from cinema. Yeah, I, so yeah. perhaps it's a move to try and remind people that the cinema is still there and really happy to welcome them. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. And by that token, it seems a logical step to have Taylor Swift Davis tour in there. Because mm. it's, I mean, some of the memes going around around from <laughs> and the it got people in the cinema. People in the cinema there. Um, I'm just going to run through the actor noms, the the leading actors. I don't. I'm not going to do the rest. Um, but I like these. I think what I like about them potentially being a bit being taken a bit more seriously this year is that um, it gives us an idea of maybe how award shows might play out. BAFTAs, Oscars, all that kind of stuff. Okay. So it's a nice taster. But best actor in a motion picture drama, Bradley Cooper in Maestro, Leonardo DiCaprio in Killers of the Flower Moon, Coleman Domingo in Rustin, Barry Keoghan in Saltburn, which I'm very happy to see, mm. Kelly and Murphy in Oppenheimer, and Andrew Scott in All of Us Strangers. And then actress in a motion picture drama Annette Benin nyad Lily Gladstone Killers of the Flower Moon absolutely deserved Sandra Hula Anatomy of a Fall you can maybe attest to that performance Greta Lee Past Lives obsessed with her think she's amazing and Carrie Mulligan in Maestro and Kaylee Spaney in Priscilla a few of them we haven't seen yet um what not seen Maestro have we no it's, it's not out on Netflix might be this week as of recording. Okay. Um, but yeah, overall, I'm not going to go through any more film. Um, but the more the film with the most nominations was Barbie with nine, um, Oppenheimer with eight. So Barbenheimer is very much back in the yeah cultural. Ether. Speaking of, you got a fun Barbenheimer print I for did. Secret Santa. I did. This year. I'll probably put it on our Instagram at some point once I frame it. Very cute. It was very nice. Thanks, Connor, if you're listening. Um, but yeah, the big upsets that people are saying they they're a bit shocked it hasn't got more nominations is the colour purple. Um, again, we've not seen it yet, but people seem to be the raving musical. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other two people that uh, that people were saying is a bit of a shock was Napoleon. I wasn't shocked. That was a perfectly fine-ish film. And Ferrari, which, again, we haven't seen yet, but I've heard quite middling things. So the biggest shock is The Colour Purple. Um, I won't talk much about TV um, other than Succession in its final series has got nine nominations and then The Bear and Only Murders in the Building, which is wild to me, have both got five nominations. Um, but there are some kind of... There are some other little things I'd like to say. Fellow Travellers has got two nominations, one for Matt Bormer and one for um, like Best Limited Series. We're ha- about halfway through it and absolutely loving it. Yeah. Um, There's quite a few for Slow Horses and all that kind of thing. So I know you don't watch a lot of TV, but Succession and The Bear being at the top, totally agree with. I actually think The Bear is my top show of this year. Wow. Um, Fight and talk. So, yeah, that's it. Awards season is upon us. Um, 
Let's see where it goes. I think it's the BAFTA next. Are you on a you're on laughing at Laura that Shit's Creek joke, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. What's your favourite season? Awards. Awards. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, that's it. Am I blue? Yes, yes I'm blue. Oh sorry. So Well what a time we've had. <laughs> but now it's time to cast our minds into the future and get excited for what's coming up in the world of film. It's time now for trailer trash or treasure. And what have we got this time, King? We've got Good Grief. And I've actually, I made a conscious decision to not, not to watch, watch this. this. I've seen... People talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of, like, words about it on Instagram and things. Mm. So I'm quite looking forward. It's um, Dan Levy, isn't it? He's in it, and I swear it's his directional debut as well. Yeah, cool. With that, that one, that, uh, Luke Evans. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. I knew it was that one I'm thinking of. Okay, cool. Well, as always, listeners, the links are it links. Link is in the show notes. So do watch along if you would like. Um and come back after the sparkles. After last time when you said You we always, always do it out. as well. I don't you do usually it. usually I'm really smooth on this bit. No. Anyway, sparkles anyway, and I'll see you bye. in a minute. Bye. Well, what a tearjerker that looks like That was like exactly the words I was going to use. Mm, I thought I'd get in there first because yeah. I knew you would. Um, the premise looks like, obviously, his husband has died. Yeah, and he has to process Process that, but then also finds out that maybe he met, was I mean, cheating on him. The implication is that it wasn't that long before he died that he'd met someone else and mm. they had that to deal with. And then he died, so weren't able to, maybe. Yeah, so it's quite sad. But um, basically, he decides to thank his friend, best friends for being there for him and takes them on a trip to Paris where they, I guess, discover new things about themselves by the look of it. I quite like that, um, having that kind of look at, your friends that are around you when you're dealing with loss. I really like that line. Yeah. We built a nest for you. And sat on you for a, a year. A year ago and sat on you and now it's time for you to hatch. Um, and I just think it just looks sad and tear-jerking. And it's nice to see Dan Le- Levy like direct and write films after his yeah. success. Um, but yeah it, lo- yeah, it just looks really wholesome um out on the 5th of january on netflix can't wait to see it definitely treasure for me absolutely treasure for me looks cute i think we'll have to do an episode on it as well certainly yeah and now it's time for this week's headline feature wonka coming up right after this quick break I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Wonka. 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 <laughs> Before we dive in, do you want to give us a synopsis? Go on then. I did prepare one. Right. Willy Wonka arrives in the city, ready to provide the world with the best chocolate it has ever seen, much to the distaste of the renowned established chocolatiers who take every effort to ensure Wonka's failure. Good. Do you like it? Yeah, that's Thank a good you. synopsis. Thank you. So a lot was said about this. There was so much said about this film in its production, like, oh, what the hell do we need a Wonka prequel for? blah de blah de blah and I kind of got sucked into some of it. I'm always a tad dubious of origin stories. Just because sometimes they feel like a little bit of a cynical money-making. They do. Don't they? Like, unless the source material has an origin story, there's no real need Yeah, but I think them, them plugging... The, I think they just used a well-known character to make a very charming film. Yeah. And I remember sat in the cinema before it started and I was like, I've got zero expectations for this. I'd had quite... I'd seen the good reviews it was getting. I was like, I literally... This is actually quite unique because I'm just going to sit back and just try and enjoy it. Yeah. And quite quickly, I was totally charmed by the film. Oh my God, I was so into it. I think in response to my... The, the little cynical mm. nerve it was touching in the lead up. Um, I think it's the, the, the origin story we didn't know we needed. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I think in the future, I'm probably going to look a bit more at the talent attached because I've always known that Paul King can deliver from Paddington and pa- Paddington 2. Yeah. And him signing on for it, I should have kind of gone. Yeah. It was well, quite, there's probably um, a reason, and he's not directing Paddington Three because of this. So it's like ah. he's clearly thought there's some magic here, yeah. and there definitely is. And from the first couple of minutes, once the first song was getting sung, um, I was like, "Oh, we're in for a treat here." Why didn't I realize it was a musical? I assumed it would have a song or two, but it was like. The level of music. Well, I always knew it was a musical, musical. but I always remember when we did it on Trailer Trash or Treasure, there was absolutely no inkling that it was a musical. There was, I think, a shot of one of the choreographed scenes. Yeah, there was, but there was none of the actual music from it. No. Um, And I will say, the songs are. I really enjoyed them. Yeah, I found the songwriting to be really fun, um, quite. Oh, there's a word, and it means, like, quirky, but it's not not quirky. I don't know. No, vocabulary's failing But the, right the, the, the but lyrics really were fun. really fun and catchy. Clever. And clever. Um, you know, what did he rhyme chocolate with? Socolate. Chocolate, pocolate. Pocolate. 
Um, what is it? There's chocolate and there's chocolate. But only one because chocolate. No, we'll make your eyes fall out with chocolate. We're hashing this up, but it's really, really fun. And the tune will stick with you as like an earworm. And it even felt like, you know, like most musicals, they have like, they have a main one that they keep going back to and singing at different times. Like reprises. Yeah. Yeah. Then they'll have like a breakout one where it's a bit silly. That yeah. was um, Sweet Tooth for me yeah. with the three cartel owners. Yeah. Obviously, we got Umpa Lumpa a little bit. Yeah. Which was great. Um, Scrub Scrub was good. Um, and they all added to the story and they yeah. all added to the world building of it. Um I just, yeah, thought it was so great. And it used kind of the use of, you know, pure imagination was was used at very clever times to evoke yes, emotion. But was. it wasn't like, oh, we're going to absolutely hammer the hell out of this song because and this is really, the one you all know. It really gave it that kind of familiar, nostalgic feeling, particularly if you like the Gene Wilder one, um, without kind of being too explicit yeah in, in its reference it was really kind of gentle um and i really enjoyed that so as a bit of a rolled rolled doll i can never say his name roll rolled i always just say roll doll roll doll like you're rolling <laughs> your doll <in> lentils <laughs> <laughs> um what kind of character and what version of willy wonka are, are we seeing here this is uh if we were going to say this is a prequel to one of the two men, Charlie and the Chocolate Factories. It's certainly not a prequel to the Tim Burton. Tim Burton no, one, is it's, it? No, it's much more um, aligned to the Gen Wild, uh, Gene Wilder one. And does it feel like you've said it's more aligned, but do you think this characterization that uh, Chalamet has done could be a younger Gene Wilder? Yeah, or... I think he. Um picked on some kind of mannerisms and subtleties in the way he moved, which mirrored much more Gene Wilder than Johnny Depp. Um, And even things like his costume, um, like little shticks, like I'm about to, the walking stick (laughs) that stands up on itself Mm. by itself. That's a Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka reference as well. Um, so, yeah, it's very much more in the... What era did that one come from? Oh, God, ages 70s? ago. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. That one. It's yeah. very much set kind of leading up to there than it is leading up to 2000s, 2010s. But isn't that Wonka we meet really jaded and not a very nice man? Well, that's kind of the point of Willy Wonka, which I think is why the Tim Burton one hasn't aged particularly well for me because he kind of just turned him into a bit of a Michael Jackson Michael Jackson <laughs> yeah yeah um, which never quite landed for me. I think I enjoyed it as a kid but now if I watch it when I'm like I enjoyed it as a kid just because it had pretty colours and yeah I enjoyed fun, it as but... well but I think it was it was one of the DVDs that we always had yeah Um. so me and my brothers would always watch it and stuff but actually thinking on it the Tim Burton Willy Wonka gave a bit of backstory to Willy Wonka, like flashing back it to had his flashbacks, childhood. Though, but, and his yeah. dad was a dentist. And yeah. that's 
the only reason he likes chocolate. And it was just like, yeah, he had no real character in there. But to me, it, to me, for Gene not... Wilder's, yeah, is much more um, the Willy Wonka from the book. But to me, it's like, and this is for me as an outsider and not that big of a fan of Roald Dahl stories. This could be tracked totally in isolation as well. Yeah, definitely. You don't need to have seen... Not even that you have to have seen it. It's like you no. almost didn't need to have the conversation no. we just had about comparing, but you're always going to compare. No, I think um, it does a really good job of being... of holding its own as a film. Um, and then because of all of those kind of nods to previous ones, widens its audience because it gives it that kind of familiar feeling. I generally think that it's done quite well at the box office so far. I think this could be like a greatest showman at Christmas type. Yeah. It stays in the cinema for ages. Yeah. It'll make loads of money. Kind and of I'll thing. definitely be watching it whenever I fancy a Sunday afternoon musical. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I thought it was really, really fun. Um, I was a bit kind of apprehensive is maybe a bit too strong a word. Okay. At the casting of timothy chalamet because mm-hmm. i was like from what i've seen him in before i can't really picture how this is gonna go but i thought he was brilliant i thought it was so good i think really, he totally really went for it as well so like... much fun he definitely enjoyed himself in the role um and it came through in his performance well yeah it's like we haven't seen him do anything like no, this no the characters in june call me by your name yeah all those others are completely different. He's only got a small role in Interstellar as well, hasn't he? Yeah, really? he was yeah. in something on Netflix, like a medieval type thing that he was really good in as well. Yeah. But he's always been quite stoic and quiet in films. Yeah. Whereas obviously now he's like front and centre dancing, singing, dancing. Yeah. And he had quite a nice voice. I think one thing I did kind of... Took me out of it slightly is you could tell at times that they weren't singing in frame. It was the soundtrack. And there was, oh, could and you? The, I, didn't I, know I, I didn't pick up on that. Well, I just think because... I don't know if it's because recently there's been quite a lot of musicals where you can tell that they, the director has made the creative choice that they want them to, to sing live. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm talking West Side Story. I'm talking... So things like where the choreography kind of allows you to be singing and breathing. Yeah. And Whereas probably having stuff like this. better singers. And yeah. that's not me saying that these are bad, but no. quite a lot of the singing that Timothy does is kind of like talky singing. I quite like that, though. So do I, no, I'm not accessible. saying it's a bad thing, but yeah. it's like... No, I know what you mean, though. Yeah. You know, he's, he doesn't have to have set of pipes on him for yeah. any of these yeah. and yeah, neither, yeah. not I wouldn't say any of the characters do but I think that's good fun I like it when musicals have kind of accessible singing voices because it means when I sing along to it I don't sound yeah. quite as bad as when somebody like I don't know um Cynthia Erivo is singing I mean yeah I don't I, I've actually that, I know we've said we've not seen it but I've actually had the new soundtrack to the color purple on when I've been in the shower and I have been butchering it <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah I expect to butcher wicked this time next year probably as well yes same um so but no I did it, that was the only I could really tell that it was they were miming along yeah um I did like all of the cast, though. Oh. I was watching it and having such a good time, recognising faces from 
all sorts of things that I've watched and loved kind of growing up and as an adult. Um, to name but a few, I actually, I don't know many of their names. Keegan-Michael Key. Who's that? The Chief of Police. Yeah, but what else do I know him from? Oh, God, I don't... <laughs> well, this is, I'm about to make a point oh, about right. knowing okay. people okay. from other things. Yeah. Um, Maeve's English teacher from Sex Ed season one and oh, two. Oh, yeah, I saw her. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> massage therapist from White Lotus season one. You know who Jennifer Coolidge is like, I'm going to give you Yes, oh, God, yeah, business. that was her, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> did you ever watch The Mighty Boosh? No. Uh, well, there's two people from there. Um, one of them is the zoo manager and one of them is only in at once and he's referred to as a conquer-headed Burke. Makes me really laugh. <laughs> you love when even I use the word Burke. I know, it's really funny. <laughs> um, there was, oh, what's his actor name now? It's really slipped my mind. The, like, head butler guy from Downton Abbey. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's in it. Um, him from Flight of the Concords, who also voiced... <laughs> I love that you know, there's no names. It, this is very Ned that, like, oh, where do I recognise them from? And that'll be how I talk about them on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he also voiced the big, like, crab thing in Moana. Here's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a name. Charlotte Ritchie. Yes, she was in it briefly, wasn't she? What was she in with Mae Martin? What was that called? Oh, you've made me totally forget that, but hang on. Anyway... That, another one, who was also in... Um, Feel Good. Fresh Meat as well, yes. Oh, we laughed so much at that, didn't um, we? And, obviously, Sally Hawkins. With um, that hateful Irish accent Don't she really was know doing. why she had an Irish accent when Willy Wonka's got an American accent. I was just like... But she's not Irish, is she? No. But I also, I thought that... It was kind of cute that kind of they lived on a barge, a barge yeah. having the Irish accent. Maybe it's like traveller vibes. Don't know. Well, maybe, or maybe but it's it was like, just weird. Have you ever seen Chocolat? No. Oh, they live on a, well, someone lives on a boat there and someone's got an Irish accent. Um, in fact, that was Johnny Depp. Right. Come on, Kate. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> All of those. And I didn't realise that um, it was from the guy that did Paddington. Yeah. And now you've said it, like, the people in it and the way it's been put together really make that make a lot of sense. So I think... Well, actors' names we recognise and and know. (laughs) Matt Lucas. Yeah. Rowan Atkinson, who is great. Yeah. Um, Olivia Colman. Yeah. Hugh Grant. Yeah. Who played Slugworth? Uh, Patterson Joseph. Mm, don't know his name. Definitely. Not. I recognise him from Definitely a lot of know stuff. Him from stuff. Um, but yeah. Um. Oh, they're another fun trio: the cartel, <laughs> Matt Lucas, Patterson Joseph, Joseph, and Matthew Bainton. Matthew Bainton. I think recognise all three of them. Obviously, we know Matt Lucas from all sorts, from like Bake Off to. <laughs> Great. Um, what were you going to say? A second thing, and and it just yeah, Little Britain. Thank you. There we go. <laughs> um, so yes, lots and lots of things, and I liked them three as a trio as the cartel because Slugworth is the only kind of mention in Willy Wonka law that gets any development, but having them as a trio um, was a fun reference to Fantastic Mr. Fox, the other old doll. 
awful. Mm, yeah. um, one of your little. They were kind of like these. Dal nuggets. <laughs> they were like um, Bobber Spunts and Bean. Oh. One fat wow. one short and lean. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Um, um, I didn't like Matt Lucas some, though. They even had some lines and things that referenced Fantastic Mr. Fox. No. I would say it's unfair to say I didn't like Matt Lucas. I thought some of his jokes did not land. Fair enough. Fair um, enough. But, yeah. I would like to just comment on how beautiful this film is as well. Gorgeous. The production design is so off the chart. And it's like, it feels European, which is the whole point of it. But not like, you can't really... It's very obviously a fictional city. Yeah. But it's got... Really, um, like influential, famous landmarks from places like Milan, Lisbon, London, Paris, Venice, yeah. all sorts of places. Right. I feel like Europe. the production designers remit really, really was cool. like European city. No, the best bits of all the European capitals. Yeah. And just make it look like that, and it looked, it was beautiful. And costume design as well. Another one that oh, was absolutely cracking, cracking. I tell you who we all haven't mentioned. Tell me, Noodle. No, we haven't. Um, who's only been in two feature films? The other one was The Day Shall Come, which I've ne- never, never heard of. Heard of. Um, but I think this is probably her first starring role, and it, I really just liked. What's the name? Oh, you made me forget it again now. Carla Car- 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 Lane. Okay. Um, but I really, really enjoyed the dynamic between her and, and Wonka. Me too. Like, I've seen some people say, oh, they've got a weird rela- re- relationship. It's like, it's not meant to be a romantic relationship. I, I didn't get Some people have said, well, that's what I mean, but I was like, I think you're clutching at scro- straws. Some people scrolls. made a bit of a knock on the head. But yeah, I just thought it was so just... Nice, which I know is a crap word. I always remember teachers saying you can't say nice because there's more adjectives yeah. than that. But it is just it nice. Was. No, they were really they had a really good relationship. Um as you know, we've already said, purely pr- platonic, but it was really nice that rather than it being like a cynical jaded adult with a naive, innocent child, she had a lot of like street wisdom. To help Won- Wonka succeed. And Wonka had the, like, inspirational flair. Almost a bit deluded at that times. That gave her like... a bit more of her childhood back. Because yeah. she had that stolen by the laundrette. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. Yes. He did invigorate that, yeah, that sense of we can take on the world. Yeah. blah de blah Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Which I really love. Before I forget, I actually had a right laugh with this film as well. I had a right few titters oh same i yeah. thought olivia coleman as mrs scrubbit and her Scrubbit falling in love with bleacher was very funny yeah and i also liked the monks in the church who sung <laughs> like the really daft lines like We're sorry <laughs> <laughs> um okay um, i thought that was really yeah it was yeah. funny there were, i i laughed Laugh a lot more than I expected. Oh my god, Rowan too. Atkinson's in it as well. I said that. Did we? Yeah. It wasn't in my list. Um, <laughs> what would you have called him? Mr. You wouldn't Bean. Have called... Oh, that actor from Mr. Bean and <laughs> uh, and 
Black who, Panther. <laughs> who was it that played the security guard? Not the one. Oh, Kate, not the I don't one know. Zoo, Just talk about the security but the guard. One underground. I'm not your Wikipedia. She was really fun, and I liked how the zoo security guard and the underground vault oh, security yes. guard had their like stories intertwined. So they gave them chocolate that replicated a night out. Really, really sped up. So, so that obviously the last stage is you pass out. No, drunk. well. Well, the last, but the penultimate was like, you do something you regret, you pick up the phone, you you speak to somebody you've been in love yes. with, and they both do that and end up. That was funny as that well. That was funny. Um, I, I thought, like, the chocolates were so inventive as well. So much fun. I love the hover chocks. Oh my God, yeah. I loved all of, the, a lot of the CG in there as well. Like, when they first open that store and it's all amazing, mm. um, and it turns out Mrs. Uh, they paid Mrs. Scrubber off to poison it all with extra ingredients and things everyone's yeti sweat hair growing (laughs) um skin changing color things changing shape and size just really really fun i loved his store but you know what i loved more his briefcase where he could like just knock up a chocolate yeah and so he did fun. that re- really inventive one where it's got it. It was almost like triggering a light bulb moment. Yeah. And if you say three, not two, a has. Yeah. That's when the chocolates kicked in, like your idea. Oh, I didn't realize that was a chocolate that did that. Yeah, he made it with the like lightning, but it was like lightning in a bottle, ah. and he made poured it into the chocolate. Oh, I saw him do that. I didn't make the connection between. But that I, and I thought, oh, I'd love a little like you know when they do merch for for yeah. for films. And you get like a little briefcase and you yeah. can make your own little chocolates. Yeah. I'd love to do something like that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I thought... liked the whole laundrette setup. Mm. It felt a bit Oliver Twist to me in its tone at times with, with that mm, like laundrette so. stuff. Yeah. yeah. That was another reference to Gene Wilder's <laughs> about the small print. Oh, really? Yeah. Because the small print on the contract in the old Willy Wonka is like tiny and they're all just like ah oh, it'll be fine i'll just sign it which ah. is what wonka does um when mrs scrubbit says and then obviously the whole thing is about having to pay back that debt she's a little bitch isn't she Mrs. nasty scrubbit. thing but like if i've wrote in my notes it had like for a family film it had the perfect amount of peril like you never yeah. thought something was going to happen to them no. And you knew it was going to end. The stakes yeah. were perfectly high yeah. without being disastrous. Like, I'm going to die. Yeah. Like, even then they were drowning in chocolate, which I will say must have been a hell of a laugh to film that scene. Yeah. Um, but even when they're, like, about to drown, I'm like, well, they're not going to drown, are they? But it, 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 I imagine going to see it with a youngster, it would be that, that, that perfect like, amount of... <gasps> oh, my goodness. yeah. yeah. Like Toy Story 3 when they were all in there. No, I, would, I would love to watch this with kids. Ones I know, obviously. I, don't, <laughs> I don't, re- don't really like strangers as kids. But I like my friends' children. Yeah, I feel like when we have kids, it would be one I'd put yeah. on. But not when they're too young. No, all of my friends have recently had babies and they're a bit too young to yeah. watch this. I would say probably, I don't know. I'm not very good at ages. Maybe when they're like early primary school age. Yeah. Because I think as well, when, you, when you're when a child, at different points in your childhood, you get different things out of it. Yeah, exactly. Like once you're dead young, you'll just love the pretty colours in the songs. Yeah. Because um, I always love when a, a really good Disney film comes out and like you see the kids dancing along to the Encanto songs and the yeah. Frozen songs and all yeah. that kind of stuff. 
Um, but yeah, I did. I liked that his relationship with his mum was kind of one of his main. What am I saying? One of his main, not priorities. Motivations. Motivations, that's it. Um, even though she had a horrendous <laughs> Irish accent. Um, but, and again, that kind of ties in with Noodle because we find out that Noodle's mum is not dead. No. Um, and I did find it a bit emotional at the end. One, when he always said, his mum said to Wonka that she'll be there when he opens his chocolate when he shop his and chocolate like with yeah, the world, yeah. Um, which he is kind of he's not is he a child in this Wonka or a young adult? He's definitely under twenty five. Yeah, but like he's got quite almost not a childish outlook. He's just like a big kid, isn't he? Like I think a big he's just creative got certain, kid. Certain naiveties. And then he thinks it means she'll be there, but he does end up seeing her, and I thought that was quite emotional. And yeah. I did like the tie-in that she'd made him a chocolate bar because at every birthday, no, every birthday, she used to get a cocoa bean. Yeah, something like that. And make a chocolate bar or something. She would get a chocolate, a, a cocoa bean from work, one a day, and, and then, then by make the a chocolate year, bar for his birthday. He'd have a chocolate bar for his and birthday. And what I did like is when he does finally open it, there's a message that says chocolate is best shared, which I thought was quite nice because I thought we all do share chocolate when you're with your friends, with your family. You don't. I'm about to share a lot of chocolate at Christmas. Um, And the golden ticket was in there. Yeah. Which I thought like, but none of it made, none of it made my eyes roll. No. You know, like in prequels or... Uh, reboot quills or whatever the hell they call them these days and you think oh for god's sake they've had to try and tie it in one way yeah no i thought all of the all of that was done really gently none of it was particularly um misplaced yeah it was all just lovely and warm and comfortable and then obviously noodle then reuniting with her mother that also made me well up as well do you know who i want to talk about who? Hugh Grant. Oh, yes, I've got him on my list. Actually, it's quite funny because they do hold him back in the film, which I noticed. What do you mean? Like, he's not back? in it for ages. No, yeah. And I was like, oh, where's this? Un-? And But from a pacing perspective, I thought it worked really well because he's kind of teased because Wonka's like, the orange little orange man keeps coming in and stealing me chocolates and we're all the audience yeah. is in on the joke like oh we know who's coming yeah um but hugh grant is fucking fantastic in this and i just think i'm loving his creative choices at the minute at this point in career his career i know he can be a misery on like red carpets and stuff yeah but to do that and i know we saw it in the trailer but when he starts doing the umpa lumpa dance he's like oh well i've started now i can't stop like this <laughs> i just thought it was so funny yeah um, and i like that they gave him a little bit of a backstory it was kind of cute yeah that wonka stole his cocoa beans yeah and then he got ostracized from his community <laughs> because he was supposed to be guarding them but he's asleep. he said he's a really tall umpa lumpa but he said they call him lofty not. but they don't <laughs> um but yeah it's yeah he was great um I thought the special effects were really good as well. Yeah. When they go to the zoo and the um the giraffe 
thought, oh my god, that giraffe looks real. I know it wasn't, because yeah. you can always tell when something is CG. I liked how all of that. It was just a, a little bit fantasy without being outrageous. It was It was, it was just whimsical. That's the word. When I earlier talking about quirky, oh, whimsical. It is, it's just whimsy. Yeah. Um, and I will say, again, now we're getting towards the end of the year, um, that this is one of my favourite films of the year. And it is a perfect film for the run-up to Christmas to go and see at the cinema. Definitely, or definitely, definitely. In cold, dark, damp January, when all of the Christmas joy is gone, go and spend a Saturday in the cinema watching this, yeah. and the January blues will be... No more. No more. Yeah. Um, it'd be like you've had a, a sunlight chocolate, <laughs> and it's gone. Okay. Is that all your notes? That is all my notes. I think it is for me. Um, yeah. Star rating? Five. Five. I go four and a half because I know I'm always a bit harsher than Ned and I did rub up against a couple of bits. I think um, it did what it wanted to. Yes, that's what you always say. And it did say. it very well. And I had a great time. So I did laughed, I. I cried. <laughs> the songs got stuck in my head. Do you ever sweet Five stars. Oh, and that song, Sweet Tooth, we, really, we turned to each other because I always really wind funny. Ned up about... He says he doesn't have a sweet tooth because, because I don't. Prefi- because he prefers savoury, which he does, but he does still have a sweet tooth. And when the first lyric was, "Do you have a sweet tooth?" my head was like, "Oh my <laughs> goodness, it's been sung about you." But yes, four and a half from me, and five from you. Yeah. Now let's unsheath the gaydar. It's a wonderful piece of machinery devised it. by Ned's own hand and we use it to rank all of the films and TV we discuss based on their LGBTQ plus appeal. Let's see where the gaydar ranks Wonka. <laughs> I can't wait to do our first live podcast. I'll have to remember the gaydar. I know you I? will. Imagine yeah. if I leave it at home. Yeah. Uh, righto, let's have a look. So, <laughs> you're going to laugh at these comparisons oh, I, like you normally I th- do. Are we going to start a fresh board in the new year? No. no. Oh, right. No. Won't it get a bit excessive? No. I think we should have a refresh every now and again. Maybe not every year. We'll see, but it's not ready for a refresh yet. Okay. It's uh, <laughs> a little bit more than Swiss Army Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> But not quite as gay as Renfield. <laughs> I think that is the most random positioning we've had. Yeah. I don't even know how to say it. Do you know how I treat the gaydar? No disrespect to the gaydar. Yeah. Okay. I love how you looked over at it then. <laughs> <laughs> I like doing this as a bit of fun and ranking them. Yeah. But this for me is more of an intro into discussing the films. LGBTQ plus appeal. Okay. So I can't really get on board with it's below Swiss Army and above Renfield because that com- even trying to compare well, I'll tell those you, films is that like... Sits, is there any films that are in a sim- similar just, genre either side of it? Uh, no. <laughs> no. I mean, Super Mario Bros is under Swiss Army Man. So it's under Wonka. Which is in turn under Wonka, yeah. Yeah, well, I would agree with that. Yeah. And then The Little Mermaid is a couple further down. You think this is gayer than The Little Mermaid? 
I don't know why we put Little Mermaid so low, actually. Probably was crap. Probably, <laughs> that's probably um, it. <laughs> it's, it's, it has no it's queen the characters bottom end, in. It's the bottom end of middle of the table because it's a musical, so it's automatically camp. <laughs> and it is quite camp, to be fair. Yeah. But it hasn't got any queer characters. Um, There's nothing particularly queer called it either, I don't remember. No, I don't think any of the main actors are well-known gays. Well, that's fine. But what I do think about it is it is... The appeal it has is I would say it's for everybody. Every Uh, family could sit and watch this. Everybody except our friend Gianni, who apparently didn't like it at all. I don't... (laughs) <laughs> you will learn this as you get to know him more. Don't trust his movie reviews. Well, I don't, because no. he instantly was like, don't like this, have you watched um, Leave the World Behind? And that's amazing. Mm. Can't talk about it, because we're going to do a time capsule episode for a film that came out this year when we're away in Mexico. Oh, yes, we are. I'll, um, I'll, I'll zip it for now, though. Uh, but, yeah, it was... It's just it just has such broad appeal. That's why I would say it's like middle of the table. Yeah. I just love films like this where it's a cozy Christmassy day and oh, it's not a too. Christmas film, perfect. but you can just Perfect, perfect. Chill and put it on with your family and have a nice time. Yeah. Cool. And that's all for this time. If you have enjoyed this episode of Gaze on Film, please subscribe, rate and comment on your podcast platform of choice. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and are we are we still on Twitter? We are for now. And Twitter uh, at Gaze on Film Pod, and you can check out our Letterboxd accounts. The links for those are in the show notes. We would love to hear your thoughts, so please do feel free to drop us a message. And I want no thoughts lower than a four star because you're wrong. I'd still like to know why <laughs> you feel that way. Everybody's entitled to their incorrect no. opinions. <laughs> I have been Ned. And I have been Declan. And this has been Gaze on Film. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.